welcome to my podcast, I Don't Know How It Happened But, with me, Annie Hayes-Pantony, yoga business owner, actress, and definitely menopausal. For years, I wanted to do stand-up, but hey, I'm not funny. So I thought, at least if I come on here, I won't get heckled. I'd love you to join me on this crazy little ride called midlife. So, if you're a woman on this roller coaster and you'd like tips, advice, insight into my research on signs and symptoms, I can hopefully help you through yours. It'll be inspirational, playful, educational and thought-provoking, funny, witty, sometimes gritty, and possibly the occasional tears. So hey, grab a cuppa, get comfy, and join me, the host, with my foggy brain and, and, um, hey, why don't you just listen? Good afternoon, morning, or evening, whenever you are listening to this, my lovely viewers and listeners. So I'm here today, and I have to say I'm very excited about this interview because I met the lovely Tammy on Instagram, funnily enough, and we both have, well, I would say exactly the same views on menopause. So this is why this beautiful woman who is sitting here in front of me, you are not lucky enough to see what I can see, but she is absolutely gorgeous, just reached her 55th year on the 5th of July. Look at that for 555. And Tammy raised two beautiful daughters who are now 26 and 29. And Tammy went through a stage where working hard in full-time employment in what I would say, yeah, a high performance job. Tammy left her job um, after basically being told by the GP that it was a professional burnout. Now, Tammy was put on antidepressants, which, no, guess what? They weren't working. I wonder why. So it took Tammy two and a half years to work out exactly what was going on. But all I can say is Tammy knows her mind and she listened to what she needed to do. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted to interview Tammy, because I could tell that just like myself, we want to help you women out there. So here is the delightful Tammy. I really look forward to speaking to you, Tammy. So welcome today. Thank you, Annie. Thank you so much for inviting me to share my story and help other women. Absolute Mm -hmm. pleasure. So yeah, we did, didn't we? We met on Instagram and I think both of our profiles were showing that we were clearly in whether it was perimenopause or menopause but we were somewhere along that line so just briefly I do just want to ask you where are you in this uh menopause journey I'm still in perimenopause I think because when we start HRT hormone replacement therapy um it includes progesterone to protect the uterus right and when and you only well for me I'm taking it uh, cyclical so I take it for the first two weeks of each month and then when you stop you have a withdrawal bleed so I'm still having bleeding and um, but when I started HRT which was January of this year um, we did blood work and I was still ovulating at that time so I assume I'm still perimenopausal I wasn't aware of perimenopause Mm -hmm. when I was going through it. Um, I don't even think I heard the the term perimenopause, right? Menopause, yes, Yes. but very limited. And I'm an RN, registered nurse. Very limited information, you know, circulated. Other than we knew, and I'm sure most women know this as well, uh, we knew women had hot flashes, maybe mood changes. That's basically it really and in thinking back so when I started my very first symptom which I now know was uh, period changes so I went from very regular periods to flooding yes heavy heavy periods lasting so I was three days maybe regular light periods and that changed fairly abruptly I would say mm-hmm. at about yeah. age 45 I was I was using two super tampons that's how heavy wow up iron deficient 
and yeah. uh, uh, the gynecologist inserted a uh, IUD, Mirena coil, which is a synthetic progesterone. Um, so I had that actually for seven years. Um, and, and what's really interesting to add to HRT, um, and of course the HRT that I endorse is the natural yeah. natural-based, plant-based, um, identical to our own hormones. It's just basically putting our hormones back, right? That's what perimenopause exactly. is. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. The, yeah, it's the beginning of when we um, are losing our, our hormone, right? Yeah. The hormone's declining and, and eventually becomes very deficient. And estrogen is our main one, but we also have progesterone and testosterone. That's right. But uh, so you know, fast forward seven years later, and um, uh, I had to go back to see the gynecologist to have the IUD um, removed, because it had been in for seven years, which essentially it should be five. Yeah. And they say uh, that's what you should do. And obviously, like you've just, I don't know if you notice listeners, but Tammy uh, slipped in there how, you know, she was a nurse. I mean, let's dig this up. I mean, you are a nurse. You, you know, mm-hmm. you had a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're labeled yeah. as this woman who has a professional burnout. Yeah. I mean, that must have been soul destroying for you. And especially, so, but, but it isn't what it was at all. No, no. So my um, symptoms were, so that was the beginning, was, was the bleeding, right? Yeah. Uh, then I would have very odd symptoms like um, muscle aches. And uh, I thought, because I'm very active, very physically mm-hmm. active, I yeah. would always relate it to the activity that I was doing. You know, if my knees were aching, must be cycling. Yeah. My arms were aching, it must be kayaking. And I actually wore a splint at work. We thought it was tendonitis and saw physiotherapist. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And it's all connected, right? Body aches, muscle aches. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just don't... I mean, I think that's the worrying thing. You know, you as a nurse, you know, you weren't even aware of this. Nope. You know, it is just not... Um, it's not readily available for people exactly. to know about. It's only people chose, like you did, to do more research and actually share this and yeah. hope that women don't go through the things that Absolutely. we have. And the education, I mean, it's not just lacking, you know, with us, but with GPs, that's where it starts, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the college will tell you that there is a... Um, uh, competency as far as uh, menopause education goes in in med school but it's very very limited it's not the gp's fault i mean no of course it you isn't know? you can't blame them no you know they're not taught it themselves i mean like you uh you know wrongly diagnosed women um you know the first line of treatment when they present to the to the family doctor is uh antidepressants like me yeah. So here I was, yes, I was in very high pressured positions. You know, I managed, I uh, research, I uh, was a research coordinator in hospital based. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big pharmaceutical um, uh, trials. And, uh, you know, I was also at the same time supervising junior staff and training them. Um, lots of different jobs. Yeah, and, absolutely. And Yes, they were stressful, but they were no more stressful than 10 years before that, now that yes. I look back, right? Yeah. Nursing is stressful, and it of doesn't, course it is. The, the, the capacity doesn't really matter. The responsibilities are fairly similar, you know, yeah. uh, life and death situations, whatever you want to call it. Um, but so when I presented, well, what happened was, so after I would say, so the first symptom, let's go back. The first symptom was the, the flooding periods, yep. then body aches. Then I had this very odd um, heaviness in my chest. And I thought it was anxiety. I never experienced, I mean, everyone experiences anxiety now and then. Of right? course. Maybe yeah. performance yeah. anxiety if I have to give a presentation. Yeah, exams, you know, it's sure. all anxiety, isn't it? Yeah. And it comes and goes. Yes. But this was a heavy feeling that would not leave my chest, like a, a, a pain. And that's scary, isn't it? I thought it was an ulcer. Oh, my goodness. So I had an um, endosco- endoscope done, an upper, 
you know, scope and nothing showed up. And that would kind of, you know, it would come and go. Then, then it was my sleep. And we're talking over a period of maybe three to five years. Mm -hmm. And then the overwhelm and brain fog, uh, memory, a difficulty processing. And so I felt this incredible overwhelm, you know, when I would be at work and had my first panic attack two and a half years ago. Yeah. Do you think, Tammy, that part of the panic attack was because of the pressures put on you for the job you were doing? It almost like not only other people's pressures, but the pressures we put on ourselves when we just can't understand why is it taking me so long to do this? Or why can't I remember? Sure. Or, sure. you know, and then the panic that goes with yeah, that when you, you kind of put yourself yeah. down, don't you? Sure. I mean, I was always a high performer. I always yeah. had high expectations of myself. That sort of lent itself to employers piling on more. Mm-hmm. As <laughs> right? they do, yeah. She'll do it as she always does. Yeah. Um, and yes. And then when you're not performing, there's that incredible uh, pressure from from yourself absolutely and in learning more about perimenopause I think our systems are just that much more sensitive right yeah. so we aren't coping as well no and the central nervous system is just it's it's firing like crazy that yeah. fight or flight and it gets stuck yeah. so I had this this panic that uh, you know, that used to come and go, but then it just stayed this heavy pressure. And it was, it was one day, basically one day after this accumulative effect where I, I knew what was happening. I knew it was a panic attack. You know, my hands went numb. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't stop crying. My vision was blurred and, uh, I left and saw the GP that day and she, um, had known me, which was was wonderful. Mm-hmm. She'd known me for the last twenty years, and said, "I've never seen you like this." You know, and she knew the jobs that I had had, and she always said, "It's too much. It's too much." Right. You know, you need to pull back. You need to, and I would have those conversations with management. Mm-hmm. They would just tell me I was a worrier, or you know, I was performing fine to carry on. Yeah, and that in itself, no. Well, the thing is, Tammy, that's yet another pressure. No, you're fine. You exactly. Know, you worry too much. You're yeah. then like, oh, but I can't. Yeah. And then, yeah. You know, and then you're fighting with, oh my god, maybe I'm not yeah. as good as I was ten years ago. Yeah. Whereas actually, yeah. if you knew yeah. what was happening, you would know. Yes, I am. I'm just going for yes. The would have had more compassion, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We would be kinder yeah. to ourselves, and I yeah. think that. I think that is what um, the listeners I hope will get from this is just that realization of, you know, some of these um, symptoms. Yeah, some of them, maybe they are quite small, but some are huge, life changing. And to tune in, right, to listen to that intuition. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 And regardless of whether, you know, you think it may be minor, it's a change. It is still a change. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I know we um, just brushed on it a little bit there, but like you say, with the, with the um, changing of our hormones. That work doesn't help as well. You know, it it doesn't because you could retest multiple times a day and you're going to see different. Someone might say, oh, you should go and get your hormones checked. And you've just kind of made it very clear then it's it's not that straightforward because they keep no. changing they exactly. constantly if you changing. are 45 we know that's the average age of perimenopause yeah but there's no need to test we okay. know you're losing estrogen we yeah. know you're losing progesterone and testosterone exactly so you know starting with replacing or putting back your own hormones starting with estrogen starting with a fairly low dose Mm-hmm. Um, and using the regulated, which means it's gone through the whole research process, years of years, years of yes. testing, controlled environments, very carefully scrutinized. That data goes to health authorities. They approve it. You know, and this takes years. It's done in a clinical, safe, supervised environment. I was a research, research, sorry, research coordinator for um, over 10 years. 
So I know how trials work. I know why medication that is regulated is most important. Most, it's the most safe. We know the safety profiles of these medications. We know the ingredients. We know the risks. We know everything. So if you turn to, and I don't want to bash naturopaths. No, uh, no, I know. Certainly there's a reason for them. And, and, and I believe, you know, looking at nutrition, looking at health supplements, all of that is relevant. Yes, of But course. in looking at hormones, you know, the hormones fluctuate and, and individual, individualizing that treatment um, is not um, the safest manner in which to replace hormones because um as i said it you know the the hormones fluctuate right yeah um we know we're losing estrogen um so estrogen needs to be replaced starting there then when the symptoms begin to lessen resolve we know that that's the right dose yeah and these medications don't need, I mean, if you individualize a medic medication, it means that it has not been regulated. It means that you can't duplicate that combination of treatment twice, right? Because it, yeah, hasn't, been, it hasn't been carefully um, structured in a controlled, regulated environment. That's why we do batches of medications you know the ones that are regulated to so make we know sure that each yeah. medication is the same the same each Absolutely. medication has a lot number has a product monograph if you look that up and it, it'll be a 25 page document that gives you every bit of information about that medication about that one kind of um, batch of that exactly. yeah. so walking into a health food store and thinking that it's safe to use, you know, an unregulated um, supplement, not necessarily so. No. We know enough about it. I, it's it actually no, it yeah. hasn't. And actually, I think uh, people seem to be on the misconception that if it's natural, then it must be safe, exactly. no. and it isn't. No, no. we know that there are natural plants out there that are poison. Yeah, so so natural isn't always good, is it, necessarily? It can cause toxicity, right? Mm. You don't know how your body chemistry is going to react. No. Whereas these medications, yeah, that are regulated have been tested in sometimes hundreds and thousands of of people, right? This is in the human population. These drugs are not marketed until we know they're safe. So with that background... I'm not going to accept any medication for myself unless I know, right? It's, it's regulated. It's regulated, yeah. So, but when I presented to the GP and she defined it as a professional burnout, that that was what I was going through, and knowing my history, knowing I had never had any mental health issues um, my entire life, and, and I went through, you know, trauma at age 23. I lost my mom to a serious car accident. And I also worked in mental health research a number of years back. So I know, and that always kind of came back to me. It was, how could this be professional burnout or depression when I didn't experience a depression when I went through, you know, the most traumatic thing I could imagine? Yeah. Oh, God, absolutely. And I'm really sorry to hear that. I know you did tell me about that before, but obviously my listeners have just heard that. And that is awful. And Tammy, do you know what? I I, I do a, a menopause and yoga workshop, and that's one of the things that I mention in it, that with the depression, yes, being in perimenopause or menopause can definitely make you feel depressed. But it is that thing. If you haven't suffered with depression before, and then for no reason you all of a sudden do if you haven't right up till you know no. you're in your 40s and 50s it it it's would not have, a clinical no, you know that's um, not clinical depression which DSM is the manual for mental health <laughs> it's not that type of depression yes it is you know very serious it is uh um you know a uh, dysregulation of mood yes yeah yeah, and psychological symptoms that that present with that as well, 
And I recently learned that suicide rates in women are highest in age 45 to 55. Oh my goodness. Right? Correlates well, right along with perimenopause. Yeah. You know yeah. And in clinical depression, and I know this from my background in studying depression, uh, in, in our research, uh, we had a huge longitudinal study. Um, the onset of the first major clinical depression is usually in adolescence, triggered by a serious life event, right? Maybe a loss, um, a disappointment, you know, mm -hmm. who knows, right? At, at, at age 16, 17, 18, yeah. what that could be. It could be a breakup with a boyfriend. It could be, yeah, it, yeah. But essentially, there's, there's a trigger and uh, it usually takes place. The first major episode usually takes place in adolescence. Yeah. So that, so, you know, my mind just couldn't um, process that logically. Mm. How could this be a depression? And then I would say to myself, well, maybe years of pressures can do that to the normal um, mind you know that hasn't suffered yeah maybe it caught up with you but yeah yeah so yes okay I'll accept the antidepressants because that's what she wanted to treat me with mm -hmm. because I felt um incapacitated really yeah and I wanted my life back so I was at that point um looking for help right yeah. so she said let's do antidepressants um Let's uh, set you up with a psychologist so you can get some counseling and, and work through it. And, um, and she did mention uh, hormones. Let's look at your hormones. And she did testing um, and came back and said, no, we can't. We can't start hormone treatment because you're perimenopausal. You haven't reached menopause. And at that time, I didn't know better. So I said, oh, OK. Oh, all right. Oh my God. So she actually said that you shouldn't take HRT in perimenopause. Exactly. That you should wait. Because, because the indications in Canada and the US, I believe, um, because of that old study that I could talk about forever. Yeah. It was one in the 90s that um, the data uh, was, you know, the, the, the media got a hold of the data before it was published, before it went through the regulatory process mm -hmm. and uh, came out with um, inaccurate results. But what did come out of that and, and what was standardized, so basically when we do research, we standardize rules in healthcare. So every medication that is prescribed is because of a rule that was developed in research, yep. you know, like mm -hmm. uh, antihypertensives, blood pressure medication. When your blood pressure reaches such a level sustained for such a length of time, we treat with antihypertensives, right? Mm -hmm. So in, in um, perimenopause, menopause, the indication, the standard is we don't treat until you reach menopause. And, you're, and, and the symptoms are presenting as hot flushes, night sweats, and uh, vaginal dryness. That's when we treat. So I wasn't having hot flushes, Those, night yeah. sweats, vaginal but, and dryness. And not every single menopause or perimenopause woman does. Not everybody exactly. does that. Well, now we know there's 40-plus uh, symptoms that yeah. accompany perimenopause. And because we know that the hormones are... are you know, reducing yeah. from generally age 45. It can be much before that. It can be, you know, um, uh, surgically induced, right? If someone yeah. has their ovaries removed surgically, medically, before that it will bring on early menopause. Mm. Um, so generally we say on average age 45, yeah. And that's the prime time to replace. To replace, yeah. So that we don't run into the future health complications that can. That's right. Can because help. if you, I mean, I'm looking after it now, but, and I'm, I'm post-menopause. So I, you know, I'm after the menopause, but with symptoms. But, you know, if I'd known everything I know now, I would have, you know, that is the time when you want to be looking after yourselves more than ever to prepare the body to help it through all of 
you know, the crisis, I would call it, that it could go through. Absolutely. And, you know, and how it just yeah. makes you feel inadequate well, and sad. And, when we think of estrogen, yeah. you know, it um, we have uh, estrogen receptors all over our entire bodies. Yeah. So all of our cells and primarily most of those receptors are in our brains. So when we're losing estrogen, mm. that's where the, you know, impaired mental function can yeah. come in, right? Exactly. Including so no wonder mood related fog and brain. Sure. Brain fog. Yeah. You know, even the uh, women describe um, lacking a zest for life or, uh, you know, feeling anxious, mm-hmm. um, losing confidence, all those things, the psychological yeah. symptoms. And I recently learned that um, antipsychotics are being heavily used in this age group. Like, what a shame, you know, because women wow. are faced with, you know, very serious psychological symptoms. Yeah, no, they are. And it's, it's, it's not that, that way with every woman, you know, many women um, are lucky enough to sail through it, but the detriment that it does does cause to our future health, um, so we lose elasticity, not just in our skin, we know that, we see it, yeah. but in, in all of our uh, vital um, uh, blood vessels, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you don't have elasticity in your blood vessel, the risk of uh, having high blood pressure is there. And that can lead to cardiovascular disease. And the main killer in women is not breast cancer. You know, we talk a lot about the risks. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And there's virtually no risk, minimal risk, unless you yourself have breast cancer. Yes. And then, of course, you would seek the help of a uh, menopause specialist if you wanted HRT. Of course. Um, But heart disease. Heart disease is the major killer in women. Five times that of breast cancer. So, and, and we know that estrogen deficiency is a huge contributor. Yeah. You know, not always, not, not the only, I mean, we have genetics and all the other okay. factors that play in, but it's definitely uh, a component. Yeah. I do find it interesting, but also sad. And I don't know if you found this as well. Um, you know, I, I definitely know a lot of women who almost felt that, like the way they would say that, oh, no, I don't take HRT, almost like it's a failure yes, if I, I do. I agree. Do you think? I agree. And, and even with, so I'm on Instagram, right? As yeah. Uh, yeah. And I um, We're have trying shared, to spread the word, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I have shared uh, a fair amount of videos talking about my own personal story. And now I have sort of... Um, uh, expanded that into interviewing women that have suffered themselves and uh, and started HRT and, and basically have their lives back. Yeah. Um, oh, where was I going with that? See, brain, brain. Um, oh, that, Tammy, listen, I did a whole episode on brain fog. <laughs> I tell, honestly, I was laughing Never. halfway through it because it was like, do you know how hard it is to talk about brain fog when you've got brain fog? When you have brain fog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess so. So in going back to starting with the antidepressants, quitting my job, you know, and um, I, my focus then became, you know, for the first time ever in my life uh, to focus on me, right? I had removed the, the job. My girls are gone from the house. Yeah. Um, I am going to do what it takes to figure out what's going on with me. Yeah. So I was meditating. I was exercising more everything you can think of to, to improve a lifestyle, even nutrition, right? And oh, sleep, sleep was a major, major, uh, um, factor for me. Insomnia. When I, when I went to see the GP that day, uh, it had been going on for years, Mm -hmm. but at that time I was lucky if I was getting two hours a night. Oh, Tammy, I could have called you because that's very much like my oh, life. Of, yeah, insomnia. Right? And how um, can you function? You, you know, with, with brain fog and insomnia, and it's just, it's impossible. Yeah. So she put me on uh, sleep medication as well, heavy sleep medication. And yes, yes, it did help, but uh, it wasn't consistent. 
and uh, I always felt groggy. And, I was going to say you must have right? kind of felt a bit zombified awful, after that. Awful. Antidepressants and sleeping tablets yeah. from yeah. a very vibrant, active woman. Yeah. And actually, I think, so I, I tried three different antidepressants over a course of about six months. And then finally, the last one was helping with that heaviness in my chest. Okay. With this adrenaline, you know, this... So it was helping the anxiety to some degree, I would say. Yeah. But never, never resolved it. So it lessened it, but never resolved it. So, you know, in, in turning to improving my lifestyle, along with the antidepressant and, and uh, sleep medication, and yet, you know, I still didn't feel like I was um, back to myself. Yeah. There was still always, always lagging symptoms. And... In fact, there were even more symptoms developing. So I had never had night sweats and I was starting to have night sweats. Okay. Um, right? And the body aches were increasing to the point where I had to adjust my exercise because the muscles and joints were aching too much. So that's when I started, you know, looking into, okay, this there's more going on here. Mm-hmm. And started exploring um, the internet. And that led me to the UK and I found a couple of physicians that were on Instagram um, and I was learning about perimenopause. Oh, I, so I just and, wish that everybody, you included, myself included, that we knew this before we yeah. were going through it because I so honestly that's, didn't. That's our intent now, right? Well, oh, God, absolutely. We're here. To Tell pay it forward here. and, yeah, and oh. to, to help prevent women um suffering like we did and uh, sure. just to put the education out there and and uh, to encourage women to um to self-advocate right to not give up yeah. to listen to that inner voice and if the gps aren't educated share the education yeah, let if them the gp know. will not give you hrt if that's what you want then see another one asked to see a specialist yeah so I had said maybe that's where my train of thought was so she did not want to prescribe um hormone treatment right so then she she, sorry Tammy I will butt in here sorry that's okay do you know why did she have a reason that she didn't as a doctor I hadn't reached I hadn't reached oh yeah okay I just thought I wonder what yeah. her no. views on it yeah. were. Was no. it nothing to no, do with No, she was for it. She oh, was okay. She That's wanted what I meant. to treat me if I was, because she also, a um, uh, very bright GP, and we were always on the same page. You know, I had a wonderful relationship with her. And she said, I just can't, Tammy, it's not safe. We can't uh, treat because you haven't reached. So I just, you know, I accepted that. Yeah. Um. And then, so the two and a half years later, when I start questioning everything, or two years, um, because it was about more, I would say six months before I actually, you know, once I learned about perimenopause, before I actually gained the treatment or was prescribed the treatment. So that GP retired. So I had a new GP now. And she flatly said, I don't believe in HRT. Yeah, I, I also have been to, yeah, I have been to one exactly like that. And it was yeah. a woman. It was a woman. Sure. She is actually true. said to me, have you tried yoga? It was like, yeah. are you absolutely joking me? I am a yoga yeah. teacher. Sure. So I do I'm a yoga, yoga teacher. Day, and yeah. yoga 100% helps. It honestly of does. Course. And it helped me get through it for lots of different yeah. reasons. But the like, and I absolutely um, would say to anyone, try yoga and the breathing to get you through night sweats and, you know, the calming of meditation and different exercises to help with symptoms. But the one thing I cannot give the ladies in my yoga is the estrogen exactly. that, is, exactly. that they're losing from their totally brain. Totally agree. You know, totally agree. I yeah. can't, I yeah. can't fix that. Yeah. Um, and and I'm not saying HRT is the only fix. No, it right? is. And, and we have to remember there are definitely some women who unfortunately can't actually take exactly. it. Exactly. I know that. But yeah. I think it was funny, Tammy, because I will tell my listeners now that we had a little chat uh, 
was it a couple of months ago when we were meant to do this and for different reasons we couldn't Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. had a conversation that day and we knew that we would talk about HRT today and at the time I wasn't even on it right and we had a chat and I said and after we'd spoke I said you know what I'd tried it a long time ago for hair loss and because it didn't stop my hair falling out like I wanted it to I almost gave up on it I don't need it then yeah and then actually I clearly have a very good doctor because I rang up after we were on the phone to each other asked to speak to the very same doctor who gave it to me before and I said oh I've changed my mind can I have it back please and <laughs> it on literally and I was so lucky that he was just like and he knew me he knew that I look after myself he knew that I eat properly and I eat healthily sure. um, not yeah. always but you know 80 yeah. percent of the time and he was like yeah okay we'll give it a go he knew it was a well thought out process yeah I knew that I yeah yeah that I knew what you wanted and exactly and he agreed good for yeah. him good for him no. so there are great yeah. doctors out there too yeah um so when I was um refused basically yeah. uh she said, that. well, you need your ID remo- IUD removed anyway, so let's refer you to the gynecologist because I had a gynecologist that had inserted the IUD, right, seven years yeah. before that. I hadn't seen her since then. She said, let's re-refer you to her. She can remove the IUD or change it, you know, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. and you can talk about HRT with her. So I said, oh, yeah, that's perfect. So that is essentially what happened. But uh, I ran into a few more snakes. So she said, let's take out the... So I described my whole situation to her. Mm -hmm. She said, let's take out the IUD. And I said, so you'll change it? And she said, oh, no. No, we don't need to change it. And I said, but if the progesterone in it is helping to some degree, like we know it helps sleep and it provides a calm, um, wouldn't it make sense to put a new one in. And perhaps that's why, you know, the last two years, my symptoms have worsened. It's not providing me with that benefit, you know, of calm and and sedation, natural sedation, sleep. Um, And she didn't really respond to that. She said, let's just take it out and see how you do. How does that oh. make any sense? So then I turned the conversation. See how you do. Really? Yeah. yeah. So then I said, well, let's talk about HRT. And uh, she said, it's not really my specialty. No. So she did not want to prescribe. She said, well, I see your blood work here and, and you're not menopausal. So again, the indications in Canada, right, are starting HRT when the woman has reached menopause. So um, at that point, uh, so it was a virtual conversation because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. I thought to myself, well, I'll just gather up all the data that I have and I've saved mm-hmm. it and I've got, you know, um, good publications, right? This is research. Um, and I'll, I'll uh, present that data to her and we'll go from there, have another conversation, right? So I... Um, called the secretary and said, can I send some paperwork, um, some research data, publications for uh, the gynecologist to review before I have another appointment to discuss HRT. So I wasn't giving up. Good for you. So it was three conversations before she finally agreed to prescribe. And, uh, And I knew what type I wanted. I wanted the transdermal, which mm-hmm. you know uh, gives the lowest risk, lowest health risk as far as you know, um, clotting. People worry yeah. about clotting, blood clotting. But when we're talking about the transdermal, the skin-absorbed type of estrogen, so supplied in either patch, gel, cream, or spray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when it's absorbed by the skin, it is not metabolized by the liver. So it bypasses the liver. So when we have risk of blood clots, that's when it's metabolized by the liver and has to, uh, there's a a conversion that goes on there, clotting factors involved, that kind of thing. That doesn't happen when it's the skin-absorbed type of estrogen. 
So I knew I didn't want the synthetic, yes, which is the type that's metabolized by the liver. I knew I wanted the skin, the transdermal. So she agreed, but put me on a very, very low dose, mm -hmm. 50 milligrams uh, of the patch that's changed once a week. And then if you have your uterus, you need to protect your uterus. Um, estrogen will grow cells on the lining of the uterus, and that can yeah. be precancerous. Hyperplasia, we call mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So you need the progesterone um, to shed the lining, and that's when the period happens. Right? Yes. So, yeah. And the, the safest progesterone is the micronized. Um, so both the estrogen and the progesterone are made from yams, micronized progesterone. They're both regulated, years and years of testing, very safe. So that's what I wanted. And after about a month, I was sleeping solidly. So from wow. not sleeping at all, maybe mm -hmm. two hours, yep. even after removing the jaw, my sleep never got better. Um, I was sleeping solidly through the night. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. My, my sleep also, Tammy, has changed since being on it because I literally have this alarm clock that goes off at 3 a.m., and that was happening every yep. single And that night. that's typical. Every it night. Had, and it literally was on the dot. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was my I, case as well. Yeah. And then it's just a very light, light sleep after that, right? Yes. It's not a restful yes. quality. The sleep that restores and heals. <laughs> and that's <laughs> the thing. You know, that is what we need so much of so much. in this time. So much, yeah. It's so important. Yeah. That's yeah. when it's all happening, isn't it? When exactly. we're asleep and we're regenerating ourselves. Exactly. and. So the specialist, I have been referred to a specialist, but there was a six-month wait. Now, my appointment was supposed to be August, but I got a call yesterday. And, oh, did you? Uh, yeah, I was on the um, cancellation list. So I, I actually have a consult with the specialist today. today. Oh, that's brilliant. So I'm hopeful. So my plan is to have the IUD reinserted. Yes, and it is a synthetic. It's not the uh, the natural. So if women, you know, really want to go with the natural um, progesterone mm -hmm. uh, route, then it's best to the, to do the micronized progesterone, yeah. which I believe is only supplied in a tablet via the oral route or the vaginal yeah. route. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the estrogen via the you know the transdermal route yes. which is plant-based as well so if women want to go natural that's the way to go i've had the iud i know it worked for me it yes absolutely yeah so that's what i want back mm. yeah and then i think as far as adjusting the estrogen dose i i believe it's easier to adjust the dose if you go with a gel like in a pump mm -hmm. you can use one to four pumps a day oh that's great okay you just listen to your your symptoms and you have that flexibility. Whereas well, with great. the patch, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just yep. a one dose. You change it every week. So that's my plan. I'm hoping she's receptive, but who knows? We're in mm -hmm. Canada and there's, you know, there are, uh, um, I don't know. Their views are different, shall exactly. we say. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, you know, any UK listeners, you know, it is... I think things have changed dramatically recently and I just think it is it's the awareness isn't it Tammy it's um letting women know that they're not failing and right you know and when we're, we're me you know the whole point is we're reaching midlife we're not in old age and even if we are I still want to be living and having a good life so you know we've still got another half of vibrancy left right yeah I think women at this age are more empowered, more confident. They know what they want, no, right? No, absolutely. And, and so, absolutely. So if it means fighting for it, that's what we'll do. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it is that age where all of a sudden, you know, in fact, some of the times I think, oh, why didn't I just care less before? Because... You know, I care less about what people think or I care, yes. you know, I care yes. a lot. I don't mean yes. I don't care. I couldn't yeah. care less. What I mean is I care less. Yeah. Uh, you know, about I opinions, about validation. About, about, exactly. Yeah. I know what I want and I'm strong yeah. and and yeah. this is my body and this yeah. is my life yeah. and we only yeah. have one. Don't, don't let anyone dismiss you. 
doesn't matter no. where you are. You have something no. to say? Yeah, yes. express it. Exactly, you know? exactly. Well, I've always, obviously. As in part of my nursing career, you know, I've always said to my patients, because I believed in, in empowering, right, in, in teaching self-care. Hmm. And uh, I would say, you know, write things down because, yes, many patients are, are intimidated when they meet with the physician. You know, write things down and realize that physicians are human too and they make errors. Of course. Right? So trust your intuition mm -hmm. and express what, what you need to say and don't have any, don't feel any fear or shame or, you know, just... Say it how it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Tammy, it's true though, isn't it? Because I think a lot of um, women may go to the doctors or may go to uh, speak to a specialist about this and will just kind of be like, oh yeah, okay, okay. And not really have the courage maybe. Sure. Or they, you know, to just say, no, hang on a minute. Uh -huh. That's not right for me. And walk out feeling disappointed, right? Yeah. And then thinking, oh God, but he told yeah. me to do this or she told me to do this and that no. doesn't feel right, but not actually saying no. it we're now yeah. at an age where you think no hang on a minute yeah say it this, mm -hmm. if this is what you feel say challenge it. challenge yeah it, right absolutely like you say you know you know best about your body yeah. you know I'm 53 I've been in this body for 53 years I think yeah. I know it better than anyone exactly and 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 the thing is unfortunately we do have to sort of be be somewhat careful when we are presenting requests right mm -hmm. because yeah generally the physician knows more generally but we know how we feel so expressing your feelings and your symptoms cannot be argued right no and sharing education there's no harm in that either you know without being threatening yeah yeah you uh, don't have to tell them they're wrong exactly you can just say exactly. this is how I feel and this is what I you would know? like to try yeah I, I read up about, you know, Dr. Louise Newson in her uh, menopause clinic that she started. And she's got a podcast and she's got a, um, uh, an app called Balance that helps women to track their symptoms, to navigate menopause. You can print out your uh, symptom list and take that to the GP, you know, and no harm in saying, look, there's this physician in the UK that is educating GPs that is, yeah. you know, sharing this and um, helping women. She's wonderful, and, isn't she? Yeah. And she herself went through um, uh, cognitive issues, right, when she yes. was working as a GP. And that's when uh, this led her to developing the menopause health center and helping women. And, and I know she gets so frustrated, right? Like so many of us, because, you know, like GPs should be addressing this, right? They should be at every annual follow-up talking to a woman about how they're feeling and, uh, and, and realizing when something new is presenting and, and it should be an easy um, remedy, right? Yeah. It, it's your hormones. Let's put them back and you're going to feel better. It's as simple yeah. as that. And, you know, the hormones are going to help your bones, going to help your brain, going to help mm -hmm. your heart. It's a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you now. I'm with you. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, obviously, we're not here to tell everybody to take it, but we're just saying oh, no. the facts of how we, you yeah. know, this is how we feel yeah. and this is... Yeah. We, what we know works for us. Let's see, Tammy, we could like okay. for days on this. We could, we and, could. But we've literally... Should we wrap it up? <laughs> well, I will, but what I want to do is, um, one, I'm sure you're going to come back because that would be great. And, uh, you you know, you. my last episode was um, knowledge is power and you've just hit on that. Yeah. You know, the fact that... It is. You know, if if women start to really... You know, just listen to things like this. Look yeah. you up on... Um, Arm themselves with knowledge. Yeah. Educate yourself. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Now, the question I did have for you, and we didn't do any of the others because we've spent all this time on HRT, but rightly so, because I think it is something that you are so passionate about and clearly have done so much research on. But one of the questions that sure. you're not going to get away with... Okay. ...is... Come on, the podcast is called, I don't know how it happened, but um, but it might be that you have nothing that 
I mean, my last uh, guest, she actually said it was something to do with, she said she would never, ever get a dog. And all of a sudden she's got a dog, but she loves it. That actually made, that put me in trouble because I explained that my hubby keeps asking for a dog and I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) So in your life, Tammy, is there any situation? It could be funny. It could be serious. I don't know how it happened, but moment. And this could be going back to any time in your life. It could be the craziest thing ever. It could be about anything, anything at all. I don't know how that happened. Don't know because the reason my podcast is called that is because literally my life is like that. Every really? day, it's like, I don't know how that happened. And why am I so stuck? I don't Isn't that know. Funny? See, I know That's I'm funny. a really out-of-the-box thinker, and you would find that... Um, unusual because you know uh, the nursing profession yeah, right? of it, it's very regulated so I I knew to stay within the safety regulations of course uh-huh. yeah but I always sort of found um, different methods of doing things maybe oh and, you know yeah 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 so and, and when I translate that into other areas of my life, definitely I'm, I'm that way. And what's really interesting is, is I would be described by friends and family as easygoing, very social, bubbly. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah. But in my professional work, you know, you had to be very serious and, of and controlled, right? Yeah. But there was always a sense of humor. There was always, I loved to make the patients laugh too, Love you know, uh, even in the most serious situations, if we could find yes. a glimmer of light, you know, and, but, but you're asking, I'm not answering your question. You're asking. Well, kind of, kind, kind of, yeah. kind of. Uh, something that, hmm, well, I suppose. Okay. I mean, I was somewhat regulated as well, though I was fun loving and cheeky and bubbly. Um, imagine this at age 19, I had a physical checklist for the type of guy that I would date. (laughs) (laughs) And I also said, I, I would either never get married because I was very independent uh-huh. or it would be very late in life. I feel like I'm talking to myself here. <laughs> and then I, I had a guy seven years older, you know, but met all the boxes. Uh-huh. And, you know, after three weeks in, we were seriously dating and uh, I was engaged um, a year, a year after we had we had that is definitely I don't so, know how it happened moment yeah. because that yeah. well, I was the first one in the group of my friends to get married and everyone suspected I'd be the last that is a, I don't know how it happened moment but but you met the man of your dreams and still married to this day 32 years well we'll be 32 wow oh, yeah oh yeah. that's amazing yeah. and marriage as we know is not easy no absolutely Absolutely. But we have a lot in common, right? And, and uh, um, uh, being active is probably the biggest yeah. common thread for us. Yeah. Yeah. I know and a sense of humor. Yeah, no, I make God, him laugh. Important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Tammy, honestly, we're the yeah. same person. Um, one tiny little question on that then. Like, obviously, you're married and everything and a good relationship do you openly just talk about the menopause with him and perimenopause? Like, yes, totally open. Yes. And in fact, it's really Perfect. interesting because um, he endorses it. So uh, now he may not always tell me, you know, what, what mm-hmm. I'm doing I think is terrific. I know yeah. he's supportive, yeah. you know, but he will come home and, and tell me, oh, I ran into so-and-so and I told them to follow you. Oh, that's great. And um, to listen to the education that you share. So he has learned a great deal too. You know what? When I went through that professional burnout, it caused a lot of struggle in our relationship. Oh, I'm sure it did. Uh, Professional burnout, whatever we want to call it. Yeah. Um, Because he thought I could push through it like I always had. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, there was a financial strain when I actually physically quit the job so there was a lot of adjustments in our relationship right but when I was 
when I, I sort of gained more strength, um, you know, I, I developed this attitude that no, you know, I am taking care of me now and the rest needs to adapt. Yeah. Including him. <laughs> yeah, no, you know? I, rightly so. Yeah. Absolutely. This is yeah. a tough time. Yeah. And they need to, they need to adjust. Yeah. Um, I so, I mean, that's why the hubby. education is so critical. Yeah. Because uh, there, there are women that leave their relationships. They're not themselves and, and the struggles become more serious. Leave relationships, leave jobs, you know, women. And it is relationships that possibly could have been saved because if they Absolutely. knew more. Yeah, I remember um, when I was initially going through it and I'm sure wrapped into that was the shame of having to leave my job because I had so much pride, right? Of course. Of As course. a registered nurse. And I remember he came home one day and I thought I need to do something productive. Because how do you go from working full-time, full-throttle to nothing? So I decided I'm going to clean out the Tupperware drawer. That's (laughs) what I was doing one day. And he came home and I was sitting in a pile of Tupperware. And I actually said, what am I doing? I'm not useful to anyone. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And he said, what? And I said, yeah. Like, I don't feel like I'm needed anymore. I don't. So the psychological impact. Oh, it's massive. It's it, massive. massive. And I, I think back to that. And I remember when it was happening, I thought, you're not being logical. Mm. So I just, you know, I knew that that wasn't my normal cognitive function. Yeah, yeah. But yet the feelings were there. Of course they were. It was how you felt, definitely. Yeah. I have talked to many, many women after, you know, starting this Instagram uh, account and well I had the Instagram account I just kind of changed the direction of it mm. but um, women reach out to me privately quite often and we have these conversations it's wonderful it's, isn't it there's, there's so many women that struggle yeah just like we did yeah so no absolutely I have the same it's like you know mine is yoga and menopause but I you know since the podcast people have you know, reached out to you, reached as well. out and messaged yeah. and said, Oh Isn't my goodness, I didn't know yeah. that. And, and yeah. you just think, Oh, that's yeah. brilliant. Then that's yeah. all I want. You know, yes. I want. And I invite that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, lovely listeners, I'm definitely going to put the link to Tammy's Instagram so you can, uh, check her out and follow, um, Tammy on Instagram and see all the wonderful work that she is spreading mm-hmm. it's wonderful oh Tammy I'm so glad we finally got to do this me it's, too uh, yeah it's been fun yeah absolutely lovely and I know obviously we'll keep in contact and keep writing to each other For as sure. we do on Instagram and uh, I look forward to seeing your next post but it would be lovely I would love to speak to you again at some point if um you know, I'm, yeah, it would just be sure. great to speak to you again. Absolutely. Thank so, you for having me. No, my mm-hmm. pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Oh, thank you so much, ladies, for tuning in again. And I hope you enjoyed that uh, chat with Tammy. Um, I want to just make sure that I tell you that, or remind you, I am not medically trained. Um, I might have played a nurse in a, in a show or two, but I'm definitely not medically trained. Uh, I've done lots of research. I talk to a lot of people who know a lot of stuff. So when I have conversations about HRT, can I just let you know it is a choice that you have. I'm not telling you that it is right for you. I'm just letting you know that you can do a bit of research on it, uh, ask questions and see what works for you. Okay, that's I definitely want you to know that. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, I will say, please, please, please write to me on Let Life Be Yoga on Instagram if you have anything that you wish me to cover. If, ladies, you are listening to this before the 1st of August, I am running a virtual retreat on Zoom, two and a half hours, Sunday, 1st of August, yoga and menopause. So if you'd like to do that, again, write to me on Instagram. But um, I just thought I'd put that out there. I won't often try and push things, but I think it's really important for everybody to, to do this. Yoga helps menopause. Every single guest I speak to end up saying yoga helps menopause. Um, and I agree because I teach it. Uh, anyway, have a fabulous day. 
day, week, night, whatever you're doing. And if you're out walking your dog right now, I hope it's sunny. And uh, have a lovely day. Speak to you again, and I hope you tune in next week. Take care, ladies. Lots and lots of love. And remember, love yourself. It's so important. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please do subscribe and leave a review and rating. Well, if it's good. Or better still, let me know if you've got any I don't know how it happened moments or maybe a question on the menopause. You can message me on Instagram at Let Life Be Yoga, Facebook at Let Life Be Yoga, or why don't you let life be yoga? You could come and do a class with me. Why not? I've been your host, Annie Hayes-Pantony, and I really hope you join me again soon. Take care.